Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full time fantasy. Full time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern, as we do each and every weekday. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram, at Aaron88. And check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. have an article up looking at a breakout wide receiver that you need to have on your team this year. Or everything is there. At least the seeds are planted for a breakout. So find out who this player is. Head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50 to get 50% off your first two months. Uh, Also have a lot of articles up looking at overvalued, undervalued players like Dak Prescott, Phil Lindsay, online championship reviews, uh, five quarterbacks to target late in the draft. And a ton more, so make sure you check it out. Uh, we got a great auction strategy article. It's a two-part series from Brad Cruz, one of the top auction players around in the high-stakes league. So check that out. We, of course, we got the preview for the golf this week, and you just heard uh, Jeff Burgess in there with Dr. Otto in the first hour. If you missed that, you could always check it out on demand. Uh, Fantasy Football World Championship target points for quarterbacks. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Not the number one quarterback. That's written by Sean Childs, who's going to join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. So we'll maybe touch upon that a little bit, get Sean's thoughts, who always uh, goes against the grain and uh, backs it up with with stats and facts. So that's the one thing here. You'll look at our rankings. They're going to be different from everyone else. And uh, most times it works out. So you want to check that out. Uh, Dr. Ottawood is on the clock series uh, started it yesterday from pick seven, now 208. Who does he go with uh, as they build the team? So you could check that out as well. So tons of great content there on the site as part of our fantasy football draft kit as we just load it with content each and every single day up until the start of the season to help you dominate. So make sure you check that out right now at fulltimefantasy.com. If you have any specific questions, you could always ask them on the message boards and the forums. Uh, and you'll get an answer from myself, Dr. Otto, or Sean Childs. We still have you covered for MLB DFS as well. Uh, some afternoon baseball today. We'll get to some of that a little bit later on. Uh, so, again, Ronos, Ronos50, the promo code gets you two months for the price of one. And you can head on over to playffwc.com to hop in a draft today. Again, you can get a lot of good early value right now. And sure, there's some landmines where we don't know about the running backs with Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon, but uh, it also prevents value. And uh, training camps are opening as well, so we're going to have a lot more news. Players are going to move up and down. So 
if there are players you see that are completely uh, undervalued right now, you know, this is why it's a good time to get into draft because that value might not be there in August when a lot of you wait to draft. But we do have an online championship draft tonight, uh, $299 entry fee, and uh, it begins at 10 p.m. Eastern. So uh, you can hop in there tonight. Of course, we've got World Championships live in Vegas that you could sign up for. Uh, start a full season draft uh, tomorrow at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. So we pretty much have drafts every day leading up to the start of the season. Online championships, world championships, uh, so all that stuff. Different price points. Still have some best ball drafts as well. So, you know, the best ball draft set for next week. So just find out what uh, is best for you. Hop on in there and uh, join today. And if you're going to be in Vegas first weekend in the NFL season or you just heard it now and you want to get it a draft, Sign up because I'll be out there. It's a lot of fun. We'll be at the Palms first weekend of the season. And I see, oh, only two seats left and the Beat Adam Ronis online championship draft. So if you're man enough to step up and you think you can beat me, well, here's your opportunity. But you got to be out in Vegas for this. And trust me, we'll have fun. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk trash during the draft, but then we'll go hang out. We'll drink and then we'll just uh, settle it during the season. So. Uh, was able to win my league last year, had the number one pick last year, uh, and was able to do it despite some uh, bumps in the roads. But it was a competitive league. So uh, if you're going to be out in Vegas, there's two spots remaining in this one. It's going to be Saturday, September 7th. So if uh, maybe you say, you know what, you want to go, you hear us talking about it, you want to experience it. Hey, you live once, man. Come on out there. It's only you don't even have to stay. I'll probably be out there four or five days. You don't have to stay the whole time. You could just come for the draft. So uh, there's two spots left also in the Beat Dr. Auto League. That's Friday, September 6th at 7 p.m. Vegas time. So uh, we'll be out there. It's a lot of fun. So make sure you come out there. Join us. Uh, even if you're not in the draft, say hello. We'll hang out. We'll talk. It's a lot of fun. Watch football, drink. It's a really fun time. So make sure you join it today. Let's look at some uh, NFL news as training camps are starting to open today. Emmanuel Sanders coming off that Achilles tear. He has avoided the active PUP list to open training camp. So this is a good news. Uh, I've been worried about Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, he's 32 coming off a torn Achilles. So they did say they're going to ease him into practice slowly. But it looks like he should be ready for week one. Obviously, Cortland Sutton's there. Deshaun Hamilton, who I do like. Uh, and it is Joe Flacco, a quarterback. So I don't think you're going to get a, a ton of value here uh, with these receivers. But uh, Sanders has been someone that I have been avoiding at this point. Uh, you know, I did think maybe he might not be ready for the start of the season. Now, his ADP in the Fantasy Football World Championships is 126. And it's a high low of 105, 177. He's actually been moving up a little bit in recent drafts. The last three, 122, 124, 110. That was, and before that was 174, 146. You, you could see that there are people with concern, and I still do have concern. You know, this is a tough injury to come back from, and I've always been a huge Emmanuel Sanders fan for fantasy. Uh, I did have him in a couple leagues last year, but he is reliant on, you know, the quick routes and quick movement, and you wonder how he's going to rebound. Now, if he is the slot guy, that should help with Flacco, a quarterback. Sutton is obviously the guy that is going the highest in drafts right now, so if Sanders is ready. It could hurt Sutner a little bit. His ADP is 75 right now. It's a little high for me uh, in the Fantasy Football World Championships. 
Deshaun Hamilton I did take in the FSGA draft. His ADP right now is 124 in the Fantasy Football World Championship. So he's just two spots above Emmanuel Sanders. We'll talk more training camp news and ADPs from the FFWC when we return. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back here it is, full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern coming up. In the next segment, we'll have Matt Bodica from TheAthletic.com talk some baseball with him. And then at 3.40 p.m. Eastern, we'll have Sean Childs from FullTimeFantasy.com, one of the top high-stakes players around, powers a lot of our projections, which finished in the top 10 according to the Fantasy Pros draft accuracy rankings. We also had Bill Enright of FFChamps.com, part of the family. He finished fifth, and our full-time fantasy IDP rankings finished number two. So a lot of good finishes for the full-time fantasy family. So head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com right now. Use the promo code RONUS50 to get two months for the price of one. Looking at some of the NFL news here as training camps have opened for a few teams. Again, we talked about Emmanuel Sanders. He will not be on the pup list. It doesn't mean, you know, there's also the possibility that maybe he's still not ready for week one uh, because of this. You know, maybe he's ready week two, week three. Either way, still a little concerned. Maybe people push him up the draft board on this news, but, but kind of want to wait and see as they're easing him in. Also, uh, Philip Lindsay, who's coming off that wrist surgery, is ready to go for the start of training camp. Uh, they will ease him in, according to head coach Vic Fangio. So, uh, again, Broncos are the first team to report. So, uh, I do think, you know, Lindsey will not be as good as last year. Uh, 5.4 yards per carry. And uh, I think Royce Freeman definitely sees more work here. You know, I like the value of Royce Freeman for where he's going. His ADP right now in the Fantasy Football World Championships, 84 with a 69.95 window, if I can get him in that range, uh, I will take him. You know, 84, definitely a fair price. But remember, this the, everyone was excited about Royce Freeman last year. He was taking in, in the third round of a lot of drafts. I remember in our uh, draft in Vegas, I think Freeman went 3-2. So there was a lot of excitement for him last year because we didn't really – know much about Philip Lindsay. I did hear buzz about him in training camp, but did not see him go in most drafts. And, you know, we hear that hype a lot. You kind of want to see it in a game. And we saw Lindsay in week one. He looked really good. He was a big uh, fab pickup. And obviously, he was tremendous. But you do have to wonder about him staying healthy. Also, let's not forget, this is a new coaching staff. They have yet to even see Philip Lindsay on the field. You know, they can look at the film and see everything last year. But they're going to go with what they see. And they've seen Freeman. They have not seen Lindsey yet. They will here in training camp. But uh, Lindsey is a player, ADP, 
54 in the Fantasy Football World Championship right now. 46-67 is the high-low window for him. And he's been a player, you know, in that range, to me, there's just some pretty good wide receivers. And again, it all comes down to roster construction, how you build your team. There's some good receivers in that round, like Tyler Boyd, Robbie Anderson, that, uh, you know, guys I feel a little bit more comfortable with. So I do think there's definitely some concerns about Lindsey this year. Uh, and it has not started well with the injury, even though he should be go, uh, good to go. And it is a wrist injury. Uh, but I still think Freeman's going to cut in, and this could be a split uh, or could be maybe more in favor of Freeman. You know, just because last year Lindsey was the guy, does that mean that's going to continue this year? And I think that's one of the things that you have to remember in fantasy. You know, that happens a lot. Everyone, well, look what he did last year. Okay, it's a new year. He's one year in the league. Teams have film on him now. Can he do it again? Can he stay healthy? So Freeman really was not that bad when you look at the underlying metrics. Obviously, Lindsey was better, but it, was, it wasn't it was a case of like Freeman just being terrible. He had a couple bad games early on, but a lot of the underlying metrics are pretty good for him. This is the time when we hear a lot of hype, so you have to be careful about that when you're reading into these things. Of course, uh, Jim Wyatt of the Titans official website reports that new offensive coordinator Arthur Smith said he intends to ride Derrick Henry this season. Henry isn't a contract year. He just turned 25 in January. And obviously, look, he he was so frustrating last year if you had him. And I didn't have him in any league. But he basically did nothing for most of the year. And then all of a sudden, I think it was, what, week 14 when he had that big week, week 13, when most people were probably eliminated. I think it was week 14. I think it was the first uh, week of the high-stakes league's playoffs. And probably a lot of people had him on the bench. And if you didn't, you kind of got lucky. You just looked at your lineup and said, well, I really don't have anyone else. I got Derrick Henry. He hasn't really done nothing, but what am I going to do? I got to play him across my fingers. Well, the prayers were answered. I mean, he was uh, great in December last year. 625 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. On 97 carries, 6.4 yards per carry, unbelievable. But you got to think that they're going to ride Henry here. Uh, they have Deion Lewis obviously in the picture, but it worked for them uh, in that stretch there. So you got to think that they continue with this, but we've kind of seen this from Henry before, and then he goes back to being ordinary. So I'm going to think that they really do – ride him and some of these reports you can't buy into but it worked for them last year now henry's adp right now in the fantasy football world championships is 34 which is a late third round pick and i'm fine with that you know especially when you're picking late in the first round there are viable scenarios this year where you could start with two wide receivers and if you do that and you come back with like a henry mack henry carry on johnson it's a pretty good start or you can go with one running back and then come back with a third receiver which is certainly something that's feasible in the fantasy football world championship format, which, again, if you're not familiar with it, one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, two flex spots. So that's the difference compared to other leagues is we got the two flex spots. So certainly a viable scenario there. You know, Derrick Henry probably not going to catch a lot of passes, though. That's the one concern is we haven't seen him heavily involved in the passing game. And obviously, with being a PPR format, you want your running back to catch passes. He can He's shown that ability. They just haven't thrown to him much. So you're relying on the touchdowns. Now, they were there last year, even though they came in bulk. But 
to offset those receptions, you're going to need 12 to 14 rushing touchdowns and certainly a possibility with the way Henry has run the last couple of years. You just need it to be more consistent over the course of a season. So I think there's some people who don't like Derrick Henry, won't take him. Uh, and last year I didn't like him, and it did work out for most of the season. But right now, uh, especially if I'm picking late in the first round, I just did a recent draft picking at 12, and I did take Henry on that 3-4 turn. Uh, we saw in the red versus blue online championship, he didn't last to the turn. He went as the 16th running back off the board at 3-9. Uh, so Freeman and Mack closed out that round. Freeman went at seven as a seventeenth running back, three eleven. Mack went three twelve. I'd be happy to get Mack though at three twelve. He's another guy like Henry. We just haven't seen him catch the football a ton. Uh, but we know he looked very good last year. Uh, got the touchdowns. Uh, the lack of receptions are the issue. That's why I think you see Henry and Mack go in that mid to low RB2 ranges because uh, that's where we get into the dicey area anyway, where there are a few running backs in that range that are pretty good, but you just don't know if they're going to catch the football much. And, and Mac and Henry are kind of in that tier there of whether uh, they're going to be able to do that. We're seeing some hype here on Austin Hooper a little bit. Coach Dan Quinn believes Austin Hooper is ready to go to another level. Uh, we'll see. Hooper had really good numbers last year. 71 receptions, 660 yards, four touchdowns. Obviously, you got Julio Jones there, Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, Devontae Freeman. So it is a really good offense that put the ball in the air a lot last year. Will they pass as much this year? So, you know, Hooper is that fine tight end in that 10 to 13 range. You know, they all have question marks, but... You know, Hooper does have a little bit of upside in this offense, especially if he can get more targets in the red zone and maybe boost that touchdown total. It's certainly possible, and you are invested in a young tight end that has a few years of experience in a pretty good offense. When we return, we're going to talk some fantasy baseball, helping you gear up your team down the stretch. Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com. He joins me next at his full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Who wants to take home a $1 million, $1 million playing daily fantasy golf in the 2019 British Open? Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer user to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS. If you are playing DFS Golf and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and see for yourself how you can unleash the unbelievable power of Daily Roto's relationship with Data Golf. That's 10% using promo code FNTSY. When you sign up at DailyRoto.com for the Daily Roto Fantasy Golf Premium product, it's almost tea time. Get your 10% discount today. 
Joining now to talk some baseball, it is Matt Bodica from TheAthletic.com. Matt, what is up? Oh, you know, we're watching all the Mets here. McGovern just went deep. He's been awesome all season. And hopefully Martin uh, Martin Perez doesn't give up any more earned runs. <laughs> yeah, I have. You know what? I think I have Martin Perez. I have him in two leagues. I know I had him on the bench in Talor's. I might have had him active in my other league. It was one of those leagues that we ran on RT Sports, so you had to set your lineup uh, for a week and a half when the out of the All-Star okay. ranks, so I can't remember. But I did have, unfortunately, Daniel Ponce de Leon in tout. And the tout rule, rule is if you pick the guy up, he's in your lineup for that week. So I picked him up on Sunday, um, and he was pitching well, but today wasn't a good performance. Uh, he was one of the hot pickups over the weekend. Is this kind of just one bad start, or do you have concern that maybe he won't be as good as we think? Uh, look, I don't think he was going to be great. I think he could be good, though. Uh, I'm going to chalk it up to a bad start today. I really didn't see it. I, I did treat out Ponce de Leon, you know, because he gave uh, four runs in three innings and, and a bunch of hits. So that. But, look, if you got him, I started him in uh, one of my draft champions, in a couple of draft champions, and my MLB contract, and you know, look, he's got a he's got a rotation spot with the Cardinals. I like that park. So for the most part, right now, I still take the wait and see approach. Yeah, and he should line up for a two star week next week, right? I haven't looked at the mm-hmm. Cardinal schedule, but uh, so yeah, uh, if if you do have him, you're probably going to use him for sure. Uh, the Phillies in their bullpen. I mean, Hector Neris has been good most of the year, but he's had a couple of rough outings lately. After his, he had a rough outing and then bounced back with a one, two, three inning struck out the side. But yesterday, uh, gave up uh, the lead and then got ejected after giving up the home run, hit David Freeze. Is there any concern that Neris loses a job, or do you look at that Phillies bullpen and go, well, unless they make a trade, who's going to overtake him? So how do you assess Neris right now? Because he has been good for fantasy owners. You know, he has been good, and I'll go with the last part you said, unless they make a trade, which I don't understand how they made the investments they did this offseason and really didn't try to get a lockdown kind of closure or aren't. Uh, maybe they are behind the scenes, I don't know, but, you know, going after a Will Smith type, you know, somebody that can really, you know, get that job and run with it. So I know we all say everybody can close and all that, but. When you have a team that has a chance to, you know, make the playoffs and all that, or is a true contender, you do need that guy, that, that established guy in most cases, or at least that high-end talent closing out games. Yeah, I was actually surprised that so many people picked the Phillies to win the NL East, and maybe they still might, but I just didn't think they had enough pitching. I mean, I like the lineup and what they did. I just didn't think they had enough pitching to win the division. Yeah, I thought it was just and it looked really bad a couple of months ago, but they've really turned around the ship here. And if they get in, you know, if you've got to face Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, that's a really tough one to be free. The Braves is really surprising to me because I didn't think they had the pitching to uh, really, you know, compete for the division title. I, I know last year and all that, but I thought some, some guys pitched over their skis. But look, they got Keiko. He's gone seven innings his last three hours. I know today he's at Miller Park. I, I saw he gave up two runs early. I don't know what the score is now. But at least they got a veteran arm, a guy that you know can get you deeper into games and has been there before. 
Yeah, I was with you on the Nationals. They were my pick to win the NL East, and I'm like, boy, do I look really bad after the first two months. <laughs> but they have picked it up, uh, and I was the, I had the same thought in Atlanta. Like, a lot of good young arms, but would they have enough to sustain an entire season? Obviously, the lineup is tremendous, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought the NL East was pretty wide open, and that's why I thought the Mets had a shot. But, you know, should I, I said it before the year. I said the Mets are either going to be really good or really bad, and right now they're really bad. Uh, but at least we have fantasy baseball. And, uh, you know, I, I've had this discussion with people. You know, yeah, the Mets stink, but I still like watching baseball. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of good races this year, and it's kind of wide open. So it does suck when your team is not in it, but I think there's still a lot of good things here to watch in baseball. I'm excited for the stretch run. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I think we're going to have some really good races. I, I want to see this, you know, this year they implemented the – one uh, trade deadline only. There's no more waivers in August, which I think should be really exciting. But I don't understand if if you're a team and you want to get that pitcher, you know, that top guy that's out there that everybody's going for. I mean, I'm making my best offer now. Or I was making it last week during the All-Star break. I know teams are going to want to wait, but I think you really got to, you know, you want to get ahead of it. You want to get that guy. There's no guarantee you know, you're not going to pay more at the end if you really want them. So it should be fun. Hopefully it's chaotic. Hopefully the Mets do something right here at this deadline. Yeah, that's well. Hopefully Zach Wheeler can return next week, show that he's healthy. So <laughs> that, that's, that's the Mets' luck. It always happens that way. Talking to Matt Modica from The Athletic. Uh, Alex Young of the Diamondbacks had another good performance yesterday, and he has a 0.96 ERA in 18 and two-thirds innings. The numbers were not great at AAA at all. So uh, is this a fluke here, and he won't continue this, and you shouldn't be buying in? Uh, I mean, I know when I did my two starts this week, I wrote him as like a volume-based uh, play because I believe the Babbitt was like non-existent. As you said, this year the numbers were not good at AAA. The year prior in the minors, they weren't good. So right now, he's, you know, he's doing good things. And if your ratios are pretty out of whack right now, and you're just going to start, whatever, in some leagues, it's worth doing. If you're in that situation, then he was a guy to play. But, you know, I, I tread, I tread uh, cautiously going forward. <laughs> Tyler O'Neill with another home run today. We know he has power, and it's been on display the last few days. Do you think he finishes the year in the outfield starting every day? Because we saw earlier in the year he got some starts, then was sent down. Obviously, Marcelo Zuna is still out. You got Fowler and Bader who really haven't been great. You think O'Neill is pretty much locked in the rest of the year starting in that outfield, and we can count on him in fantasy? <sighs> I got a tough one with the, with the Cardinals. But, I mean, Ozuna comes back. He's got a spot. Bader can hit a lick, but he can play defense. Uh, I mean, I I think you got him. You ride him for as long as possible. I, I mean, I, I can't make a concrete saying, yeah, he's good to go rest of the season. The other problem is, too, as you said, that power is, you know, yeah. prolific. But he, he was striking out, I think, this year, what, like 43% of the time or 45? You know, it was over 40 again. So it's not like he's making these progressions from last year. Uh, where were you on Nomar Mazar before the season? Because I thought he was overvalued. I just haven't seen this guy improve. You know, I know he came up uh, 21 years old, but to me, he really hasn't shown improvement at the major league level. And now he's in another big slump, and there's talk that he might get sent down to the minors, which 
It's a little surprising. They just sent Willie Calhoun down, but I have no shares of Mazar. I just haven't seen any improvement from him. Yeah, I haven't had any shares in the last two years. And my outlook on him this year was most likely he was like a 20-home run guy. You know, he was back bats 280. Like, what's that? Without the real speed, you know, obviously I didn't realize the ball was, you know, flying out of the box at this pace. But even then, it, you know, that makes it even worse when looking at his profile. So, I mean, I don't know. I think the kid does have talent and stuff, and one year he will put it together. I just probably won't own him that year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I was surprised to see that report. I mean, Texas finally is starting out, uh, fall out of it a little bit. Maybe they make some trades here. Mike, minor rumored to be on the block. You Darvish, man. This guy all of a sudden is pitching well. Today, four hitless innings, no walks, six strikeouts against the Reds this afternoon. And all of a sudden, Darvish has been pitching well when he couldn't find the strikes on early there. What's changed for him? You know what? I wish I had that answer. I would sound really <laughs> smart, but I, I don't have it. Look, he has pitched well against the Reds. He has been pitching better oh, pretty much over the last month or so. I know he might have had a bad outing in there or so. But, look, he is talented. We all do. Like I said in my preseason write-up, I really don't know what to expect this season from you, Darvish. I was just being honest. Because I, I really had, you know, coming off last season and stuff, I really didn't know. And, look, maybe he's putting it all together for the second half. And if he speculated, if he was dropping, you got him on the – you got him on a, as a buy low in a, in a trade, then good for you. Now, with the deadline is coming up. Everybody's trying to figure out, all right, who's going to be traded and who's going to become a closer. Who's your favorite stash guy right now uh, from the bullpen, a, a guy that you think can close? And a lot of times we're all guessing, and there's going to be some surprise uh, trades. Uh, for me, it's Aaron Bummer. It's been Aaron Bummer. I've been holding him now for probably over two weeks, maybe even up to three weeks. He's my number one guy. Uh, Nick Anderson I like. I know he hasn't been uh, – as good, but I do think, you know, Romo's got to go at some point. You know, even if it's for nothing, really, they're going to move on from him and, you know, maybe give Anderson a uh, shot. But I, I would say Aaron Bummer for sure. All right. Are you still number three in the main event with Chris Vaccaro? Uh, we might be four. But, okay. Uh, well, good luck. I'll, sure. be, I'll be rooting for you guys, man. I appreciate it. I did creep into number 10 on the Austin uh, championship overall. So. Yeah, I don't want to talk about my team. 10. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, good talking to you, man. You got it, man. Have a good one. When we return, Sean Childs joins us. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And joining me now, it is Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around. And you can find him at fulltimefantasy.com. Sean, how are you today? Looks like you're my bookie, and I've been ducking you lately, huh? 
I know. What's going on, man? I know you're busy, man. You had all these in-depth team profiles that are finally done. I see you got an article up today looking at quarterbacks. So I know you're in there putting in the hard work. And again, congratulations. Uh, full-time fantasy finished number 10 in the fantasy pros draft accuracy rankings. And a lot of that attributed to you. So all the hard work that you put in, you see the results with the money that you win in the high stakes leagues, the rankings and the content we put out for all of our subscribers. So great job by you once again. Man, thank you. Yeah, getting ready for another season. Now it's game time, right? We got to figure out how to win these prizes with the drafts. No, definitely. And, you know, I guess your process is a little bit different than everyone. A lot of people have been doing best ball drafts, and I know you kind of wait. You go through the player pool. So kind of explain where you are in the process right now when you begin your drafts. Um, and normally I would wait a little bit longer before I do any drafts, but i you know been you know doing a few of those, like, those best ball uh, draft.com ones just because you know, there's such a big prize and whatever, and try to knock them out in as many as you can when you got the time. So it gets really, really big, busy in August. And it's, uh, so, you know, you get your a feel for player and you feel like you have a little bit of edge in who you like and the names, you know, and, and you can see, you know, over the last like week and a half that players had to move around and people are starting, you know, getting better information and they're moving players up. But, you know, you just try to find the flaws early and hopefully you can take advantage of it. But, you know, all these players have to stay healthy for you to have success. Now, you uh, had an article that came out today looking at quarterbacks and uh, basically saying Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, can be the number one quarterback and overtake Patrick Mahomes. I think almost everyone's going to have Patrick Mahomes ranked number one. He had a historic season. But we all know that it's going to be difficult to repeat that. So, Kind of talk a little bit why you think Watson can be the number one quarterback this year, which I agree with it. I think right now I have Watson ranked number two. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I don't really read anybody else's stuff. I just follow the news. But, you, you know, you look how he played at the end of the year coming off an injury. You know, his receivers, if they ever could stay healthy all year, offensive line might get a little bit better. Um, he just has the talent to make big plays. He can run the ball a little bit and, uh, you know, like the direction of the team. And just, uh, you know, the, the, overall, the overall package of everything just adds up to a nice, uh, you know, winning prize. But unfortunately, I think most of the, you know, the community is on him this year, which makes him get drafted high, which means I probably won't own him that much because I can't, you know, usually I'm trying to, you know, cheat the quarterback position. And Mahomes gets the, you know, the, obviously the Tyreek Hill, you know, until he gets a suspension, until we know where he's at with that. I and mean, if Hill plays and he doesn't miss any games, I mean, Mahomes would obviously still be number one for me. Well, in our recent uh, online championship, Red vs. Blue, Deshaun Watson went as a third quarterback off the board at round eight pick two. I know we tend to wait on quarterbacks, but does Watson have enough upside that you would actually consider him at that point? I know it kind of depends on the roster construction, what's on the board. But is round eight where you would consider taking Watson? Does he have that much of an upside that you would consider taking him in round eight? Yeah, absolutely. And something like that, eighth round, is where it works. In a lot of those, um, you know, the uh, world championship drafts, and you got veteran players, they tend to wait on the quarterback position, which kind of can, you know, he can kind of fall in your lap at some point when you got your, you know, your running backs and wide receiver structure, and he makes it to the eighth round. It makes it pretty easy, you know, like, all right, I caught a break. I got a top quarterback. You know, I'm, you know, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, people might be looking for a tight end. The tight end kind of dries up around that area anyway. So, you know, you just take your advantage of quarterback, and uh, you, hopefully you just get your depth a little couple more rounds later. But that's a pretty good value in the eighth round. 
Now, a few weeks ago, uh, I think you had Alvin Kamara ranked number one overall. I don't know if you still do. His ADP in the Fantasy Football World Championships is four. Uh, he's gone as high as three, but most times he's four. Do you still have him number one, and why does he get the edge over the other three top running backs? Uh, well, that was personal opinion when I was talking about Kamara that I would probably draft him number one just because the Saints would score a lot. I think he came out as uh, the number three. Um, it was Barkley. Elliot and then him, um, you know, he, those other two are just going to beat him in overall volume. You know, they don't really have a lot of competition behind him, but uh, I just think the Saints are going to score a lot more touchdowns. As far as Elliot, you know, we got Prescott's going to steal, you know, six touchdowns like he's in the last few years, you know, and will that offense be a lot better, you know, where Elliot can get 15, 16 touchdowns, but I think Kamara can get over 20. Um, Barkley still, you know, great player, can do it all, get a lot of stuff, you know, but the Giants, you know, I don't think they're going to create – you know, 20 rushing touchdowns for him. He might get plenty of touchdowns with uh, catches too, but so he's just going to win on volume for me. What is it with McCaffrey that puts him four? Is it the lack of carries? Do you think the receptions come down? Concerns about Cam Newton's shoulder? I know it's all close, I think, with all four. I'm pretty sure you feel the same way, but what is it about McCaffrey that maybe puts him below those guys for you? From For him and Kamara, because they, they come in at third, um, when you look at McCaffrey, how many rushes he had, he has Cam going to get a lot of rushes, you know, and I think last year he had 219 rushes. So Cam's going to get his share. Cam's going to steal some rushing touchdowns. So McCaffrey looked explosive last year. His catcher's going to be still, you know, great. Um, but, you know, his upside in touchdowns, I mean, he might be only a dozen where I think Kamara can score 20, 20, maybe more than that, if, you know, depending on how Latavius Murray fits in that offense. So, and I think he's going to get some more catches back. So the, the, the edge catches from McCaffrey to Alvin Kamara is pretty close. Um, so the touchdown set puts, puts him ahead of um, – uh, uh, puts Kamara ahead of McCaffrey for me. Uh, there was a report today that Emmanuel Sanders will not begin uh, the training camp on the active PUP list. He's coming off on a torn Achilles. He's 32, new quarterback, obviously going to take it slow. I think people will push him up the draft board because of this. But what's your take on Sanders? Is he his ADP right now in the fantasy football world championships is one twenty four? Is that a good value, or do you have a concern about a player that age coming off the injury with all the changes in the offense? Yeah, I was kind of you know a player like that. I usually will not draft in July and middle August. So I, I, when it gets closer and they look healthier and you kind of know where you would have to willing to get in, I'll be wearing. I look at him. You know, get that quarterback with Trevor Sanders where you can, you know, get a lot of catches. So it'll be okay, but I would just like, maybe September be a tough thing. So, that's why his mother thing does have a lot of clear in the feed. You know, uh, there was another report today uh, where they believe that Derrick Henry is going to be written by the Tennessee If you forge it, how to survive and get into the playoff with Henry, and your lineup was a big maker, he right now is looked around pretty. Do you like that? Um, I haven't tried that actually. Even I could have won what team with Kimmer, we could have won the overall championship in one of the events if we played him in that first week of the playoffs. He was there in backs, and they just ride him a lot more than get him to four times. And, you know, four, thirty even more. And I, just, I think he's just you know, a guy that might find the against the here. And I think the uh, offense, um, Marotas and the two receivers, and Adam, the other one, and Emphries, it's a lot more dynamic than the defense. A little more. So I think um, possible is also going to have to back, too. So um, as of now, I probably wouldn't push him up, but I would just take him and, you know, I'll have him on some drafts. But last year, it was more of a target because he was discounted.
Travis Kelsey, his ADP is 17 in the Fantasy Football World Championships. Could you see yourself taking Kelsey in the middle of the second round, or you just don't like the roster construction when taking a tight end that early? So he, he's 17th right now. That's a pretty yeah. good deal. Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty. I mean, you can get you can get out in that pretty good because you can get a elite running back and uh, you know take him as and just consider him your wide receiver run one, and you know hopefully you're you know you're in the three four turn you hit on the uh, you know wide receiver the next round or go one wide receiver one running back. I think a lot of the drafts this year you got to kind of be careful not to cheat too far on the running back because it does kind of get really squirrely. You know, once you hit the end of the fifth round, sixth round, there's only really a couple of outs that I kind of attracted to. And then you're kind of just throwing flyers, and when you're doing that, you're giving up, you know, chances at good player points at wide receiver and possibly other positions. No, it definitely feels like that is the case this year. Uh, how about Le'Veon Bell? The year off, now he's with the Jets. We know the offense isn't as good. Questions in the offensive line, but Bell has been a volume back. Do you feel okay taking Bell late first round? I think he should be taken where David Johnson gets drafted. I think Johnson, a lot of stuff in those other drafts I'm seeing, he's getting drafted the fifth running back. I think Bell should be the fifth running back. They're going to throw more. Um, just he's going to get his catches. I don't, you know, I don't expect a ton of touchdowns, but I just think that he's going to be pretty active, and I think he's undervalued right now. So I think he, you know, if I was picking at the back end, I'd be very happy if he slid to me. How about uh, the guy that replaced him last year in Pittsburgh, James Conner, obviously had a big year, did get banged up towards the end of the season. His ADP right now is 13. Uh, there was, he had said something maybe a month ago that, oh, yeah, they're going to spread the ball around. Then, like, a couple weeks later said he expected the same role as last year. Uh, do you have confidence that James Conner can uh, come close to what he did last year and, and be a guy that you can take late first, early second round? He looked good, and what he did last year was that, you know, when Bell was there, they struggled to score rushing touchdowns, and Connor was able to get it in and make plays in close. But, you know, the, Samuel played well enough last year, and realistically, Pittsburgh didn't really didn't, – they were one of the worst teams in the league as far as rushing yards in the league. Even, you know, they went on at 1,200 or 1,300 yards. They didn't run the ball as well as you'd think, even though he had, you know, some you know receiving yards and his overall total and production looked good. So – I. For me, it's kind of a fade for me because I think Samuel, you know, played well enough and catch the ball pretty good. He, he's going to get it in the way more than people, you know, well, well not well. They they say it earlier, but most people will draft Connor thinking he's going to get the whole show again. So I, I I'm going to probably fade him at that end and, and, and look for you know I'd, I'd be more apt to take like a Gurley and swing for the fences than take a Connor for me. Speaking of Gurley, are you? taking him early second round like he's polarizing like people either feel like he's of value and this report has been overrated about the knee arthritis and that you know he'll be fine with rest others feel like you know what i'm not taking him there's too much risk there we're seeing daryl henderson go in the fifth sixth round so where are you on Gurley right now because his adp is 19. yeah i think the wise guys want to take henderson in the sixth round when really Gurley is the one who probably be the wise guy that so, I mean, when I did the projections, I, you know, he averaged about 22 and a half touches the last two seasons. So I thought that this year that, you know, I'll, get, I'll take away, you know, you know, 20% of his touches, you know, get, you know, spread in the other running back a little bit, but he will probably get all the, you know, the, the goal line stuff. He'll get the catches and they'll, you know, they'll tape him and, and hopefully maybe they just try to keep him healthy at the end of the year, but they have a lot of money invested in him. And if he's healthy, uh, he's going to play, and I think you know, just uh, their, their main goal. I think what the Rams are saying is they just want to have him, you know, healthy at the end of the year when they need him. And last year was just really kind of strange what happened there, but you know, they got 
you know, a couple of years of them. You might as well ride them, you know, and try to get as much out of them as you can. How about Damian Williams, 27 years old, has never had a full season, but he's in a great offense. He looked good last year. He's starting to move up draft boards. Do you believe in Damian Williams this year? Yeah, with Hill, I, I need to know what's going to happen with Hill before I commit to that. I think that, you know, defenses can play totally different if Hill's, on, you know, you know, not on the field. So Williams looked good, but in the back of my mind, I think that, you know, Hyde, you know, is probably a better player coming out of college and that he's kind of going to be more of a factor. You know, he gets kind of discounted. And I know Hyde, you know, when he was in San Francisco, did, he caught, you know, a lot of balls, but he didn't gain a lot of yards per catch. You know, he was always under seven. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here wrapping it up. Don't forget, you can find me fulltimefantasy.com. Got an article up looking at a breakout wide receiver right now, so use the promo code RONIS50 to get two months for the price one and check out playffwc.com. Got an online championship draft tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, so jump in there now if that's... Not what you want. There's plenty of other drafts, different price points and formats, so check it out. Taking a look at some baseball news, the White Sox have placed Eloy Jimenez on the 10-day injury list with a right ulnar nerve contusion. So he got hurt last night when he collided with his teammate Charlie Tilson. So still not a timetable on how much time he will miss. Derek Dietrich was taken out of today's games. He took a pitch off his right knee. Dietrich continuously gets hit for pitches this year, but obviously his playing time has diminished with some of the Body's back for the Reds, so he's more of a platoon player at this point. Mikel Franco out of the lineup again today for the Phillies. He hurt his groin on Monday, and he did not play yesterday. He's listed as day-to-day. Gene Segura also out of the lineup. Again, he had a left heel injury on Monday. He set out yesterday. He is out once again today as well. And uh, do have some afternoon baseball. The Mets just took a 5-3 lead on the Twins. Dominic Smith with a three-run homer. Martin Perez with a good outing in this one. He left with the lead, and he was in line for the win. But uh, the bullpen came in. Trevor May gave up three runs. Perez went six innings, five hits, one earned run, a walk in four Ks. Obviously, he has not been as good as he was to start the year. You Darvish, all of a sudden, this guy is just rolling right now. Uh, another good start for him so far today. Five scoreless innings. He's allowed one hit, walked none, and struck out six. And that's the big thing. He has not been walking, guys, and ERA on the year is still four and a half. Just goes to show you how poor his start was to the season, but uh, he's rolling today. Sonny Gray on the other side has been good himself, but he's allowed two solo home runs. Chris Bryan and Addison Russell go deep. Sonny Gray, five innings, two hits, two runs, no walks, seven Ks. Sonny Gray also has been tremendous this year. Definitely a guy that I was targeting in my drafts. And uh, the Pirates have uh, given up the lead. Cardinals lead 6-4. Paul Goldschmidt hit a three-run homer. Tyler O'Neill with a home run as well. That wraps it up here. I will be back Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, find me fulltimefantasy.com. 
You've been listening to Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.